All right. Well, welcome back to the Temporal Eternal podcast. Uh, we are so glad you're joining us today. A Temporal Eternal is where we discuss how to live for eternity in our relationships, ambitions, and time. And today uh, we have a special guest with us, Brett Hollis. How are you doing today, Brett? Fantastic. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing very well. I'm doing great. Uh, for, for those of you who don't, don't know who Brett is, Brett is actually... Uh, he's been in, in ministry for quite a few years. Uh, we won't age him, but he has been in ministry for a, a good period of time. Um, and he's currently associate pastor at Park Ridge Community Church in Washington. He's also uh, very much uh, known for being a comedian as well, uh, uh, pivoting to comedy uh, from ministry. And then he's kind of done some ministry as well uh, with that during different seasons. And he's also an author of a book called Welcome Home. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and he well, real he quick, let me just say, yes. everybody grab your tissues. Y'all might be crying by the time we're done with this of laughter. So, oh, okay. I was going to say, I was going like, to say, don't set the wrong expectations because I was like, I do not think like, like tears. Of laughter. Like, well, yeah, now, I mean, now you set it up well. Cause I was thinking like, <laughs> They're going to think it's like some emotional. I mean, no, I mean, he does have emotional stories as well. But um, anyways, moving on. So so, Brett, uh, we're going to we start out with a, a fun activity when we have guests. And it's basically random questions. Brennan, if you want to run our one minute timer for this. And uh, I'm just going to ask you a this or that question. And then you okay. just have to pick what you prefer. OK. OK. All right, Brennan, and let me no, know when to start. No explanation with it. Just just a yes or a this or that. Yes. Or Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's like, here we go. You, ready? What would you rather have? Ready, set, go. Car or truck? Truck. Cake or pie? Uh, cake. Hamburger or taco? Hamburger. Toilet paper, over or under? Over. Add a movie, candy or popcorn? Candy. Beachfront home or cabin on the lake? Cabin on the lake. Dog or cat? Dog. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey. Football. Netflix or YouTube? Jeez. Mm, uh, Netflix, I guess. Coffee or tea? I, I hate them both. Mac or PC? Uh, PC. Pancake or waffle? Pancake. Card game or board game? Board game. Coke or Pepsi? Oh, Coke. My goodness, Coke. Yes. All right. That's all of our questions. Not bad. I, that was it. You got through them all. So I, I, was, I, I was concerned when you said toilet paper. You paused for a second. I'm like, what are you going to compare this to? My, what am I choosing? Toilet paper or fern or, or, or pine cone? You know, that's what I was like. I knew you were like a camper. So I thought, hey, maybe he's going to go bear girls or whatever and, you know, be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Rat, rattlesnake skin. I don't need, I don't need a, uh, <laughs> just like whatever. So, um, but yeah, man, we're, we're so stoked to have you, Brett. Um, and just, uh, when I was actually in full-time ministry at an awesome church called Christian Hills, uh, you, you came uh, a couple times there and spoke and also did some comedy. So that's how um, I met you. Um, and you're, you know, very good friends with, uh, the senior pastor there, pastor Mike McCartney. So, um, you were definitely somebody when we first started this podcast, I was like, I definitely want Brett on at some point 
and uh, I'm so glad you you were on today. But man, we'd love f- for you to maybe share a little bit about uh, yourself, real quick. Maybe that I didn't I didn't cover in your intro, and then uh, yeah, we'll just kind of pick your brain a little bit about about God, about life, about about laughter, and, and all those things. All right, sounds good. I live in Washington State, born and bred here. Uh, I on August first, I will have been married thirty years. Uh, we have a 27-year-old son and a 25-year-old daughter and a 23-year-old son-in-law and a four-month-old grandbaby. I just became a grandpa four months ago, so I'm we're, we're enjoying that. I love to hunt and fish. I love to read. I love to eat. And uh, let's see. I love to travel. I, I, like, I like to be able to help people get a smile on their face know what god's done for him uh i'm the youngest what's, out your of all thing? what's that what's your favorite thing to eat real quick what's your favorite steak. thing to eat steak and potatoes steak and potatoes you, you, give go. Me a, you give me a good juicy steak man you bet that's what i like what about you what's yours matt what's your favorite type the of same food? actually <laughs> all right all right steak and potatoes I thought I thought he was going to say the amusement park. What's it called again, Matt? We haven't we've never talked about this on the podcast. But let's just go for it right now. What's it called, Matt? <laughs> it's called Kings Island, and I can get anything I want. So, so, so Matt basically lives next to a Six Flags for context for you, Brett, and all of our listeners, and he has the food pass annually for Six Flags. So, like, literally, homie will go at least five times a week and get the oh sorry eight times a week and we'll get get like a free meal and these are actually good meals but you know the those food passes are for like hey they they think they're going to use them like you know four times a year when you go to do six flags not matt man he he he's like (laughs) he just eats corn dogs every day bro he's like no it's good like there's like there's pork yeah there's real good food So Matt, yeah. let me ask you, do you have a free pass for the rides or did you just want the food? So I get it for Christmas. So I get it for free for both of them. So, I mean. That's yeah. impressive. No grocery bill. No grocery part, bill. It's all part, of me, part of me wants to ask your weight, but I don't want to be too personal here on this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm not too big. Not yet. Maybe one day. If they ever if they ever tell you you're not gonna fit on this ride, you know it's time to ask for something else for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> time, to, yep. time to take the food pass away. You can keep the ride pass, but then the food pass might have to retire once That's you right. get to a certain point. So uh um, that unless and someone and maybe someone from you know the, we'll just uh, speak in faith that the podcast is going to spread more and and someone from the company is going to catch wind of this and they're just going to blacklist them and he'll oh, never yeah. be able to do it so <laughs> yeah your face is going to be on a poster eventually i mean like let's For just yeah, be honest. exactly i'm getting do not admit traveling. i'm getting ready to start traveling in a camper i can go to any of the cedar fair parks and use the pass so Ooh, wow sh- that is cool. That's really cool. Yeah, he, he's, he's working the system there. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, to, to just dive into to kind of your story, Brett, um, man, I, I, I would love, you know, maybe real quick and then we'll kind of talk about your 2020 because you have some interesting things that you have gone through. But 
I'd love for people to kind of hear just your Jesus story, right? Like how you came to, how you came to God. Uh, what, what did that look like for you? Yeah, I grew up in church. I, in fact, I have great, great memories. A lot of people I've talked to didn't have good memories in church. I had, I had great memories, but I grew up ever since I was three years old and every Christmas and Easter play and, you know, mom was the pianist and my dad was a deacon and usher and all that. But it was all a social thing for me. Mm. Church really, I mean, I never won the games in class. You know how they have the Bible contest and then you get candy, right? Yeah, yeah. I was that kid that never got candy. There was one girl looked like it was Halloween every Sunday. She'd come out of there with a bag full of candy because she was super smart, <laughs> which she's a doctor now. Go figure. But uh, I never, I never really caught on to all the details of of that. In fact, I, I had a teacher, a Sunday school teacher, that even though I was not serving the Lord, I prayed every single Sunday on my way to church. But I prayed that no one else would show up because if I was the only one that showed up, he'd take me to breakfast. And that was just kind of, uh, uh, that was the launch of my praying, uh, you know, adventure as a kid. Anyhow, long story short, grew up in the environment. I know I had touches of the Lord along the way that that I can recount even now as a little kid. But uh, when I turned 18, I just was running. I had been running for a number of years through junior high and high school. Mm-hmm. And although I attended church, I, I rebelled quite uh, loudly wherever I was. And it led to a point of just despair and depression. And I went, I, I go hunting a lot and I went, I was going elk hunting with my uncle in Eastern Washington. And although it was not a pre-planned deal, I was out in the woods one day with my rifle and I had had enough and I was going to end my life. And while I was out there, I, I just, I got so angry at God and I was screaming at him. And, and if, you know, if you're there and you, and you love me, like everyone says, and, and and uh, you're there for me, then why is my life like this? I was just hurting on the inside. And at the time, I didn't realize why I was hurting so much. But I can tell you now, looking back, I know it was simply because I was avoiding him and running from him. And I was I was running from my call. And anyhow, I stuck the rifle to my chin and did not pull the did not pull the trigger because as I was getting ready to I was so full of anger and I was shaking and so forth. Uh, I all of a sudden just felt this, this calmness because I had yelled, I had yelled out to God, if you're really there, then, then take me home because I'm lost. That's in fact, that's what my, my book is about. This little, this little book called welcome home. It's called that because I needed, I wanted him to take me home. Well, uh, I felt this calming peace come over me. I put the rifle down. And I looked down and this is where the story gets really strange, but I saw a a pathway in front of me that I hadn't seen before. I had been hunting in that area for several days and had not seen it before. And I followed the path and the path led, I'm I'm narrowing the story down just to save time. But the path basically ended with a very, uh, very clear vision of Jesus out in the woods. And he reached out his hand and he smiled at me and he said, welcome home, Brett, welcome home. And I sat on a stump. There was a stump out in the woods there. And it was really weird because it was a, 
middle of fall and so everything was dead it was november and the grass is dead everything you know but where i had this vision of the lord it was all green grass and there there was green grass and there was flowers and a stump and i just sat on that stump and i bawled like a baby and i i couldn't remember the last time i had cried i was 18 i was trying to be cool trying to be tough and I sat on that stump and I bawled like a baby and I didn't, when I finished crying, I didn't even know how long I had been, been crying. And, and, uh, I got up and I felt like I needed to get back to my uncle. I was supposed to meet my uncle. I looked at my watch and I had actually been out there for about three hours. Wow. And I headed back to the truck and I met my uncle and, um, jumping ahead a little, I never told my uncle about it and jumping ahead. You know, we got back to, we were staying in a hotel that night and I got back to the hotel and I locked myself in the bathroom and I stared in the mirror and I just, I remember just staring in my eyes knowing I should have been dead. I should have been in hell. I mean, just the way I talked to God, I was cussing God out and all that earlier that day. And the next day we had, we had one more day to hunt and my uncle asked, where do you want to go? I said, I want to go back to where we were. I still never told him anything. We parked where we had the day before. He went the same way he had the day before. I went the same way. And I could find my cigarette butts. I could find my footprints, my boot prints, but I couldn't find this trail. And when I walked the area where I knew I was, there was no green grass. There, there was a, the stump I sat on, but there was no green grass. And then it started to snow really heavy. And as I was walking through the snow, I got up on this old road where the trees had grown over the road and, and I was, it was really dark and muddy and, and I was walking and I, I just started talking to Jesus like he was right there. I mean, I had this new sense of his presence that I never, I never had even grown up in church all those years. And I was mm-hmm. just talking to him and I, and I was trying to think through all of the things I learned in Sunday school. What, what how do you, how do you receive them? How do you get saved? You know, right? So I'm just start praying all these things. And, and, uh, I remember him, I remember stopping. This wasn't an audible voice, but I remember in my heart feeling like him saying, look back the road you just came from. And I looked down to, to my left and it was the trees had grown over. And so it was dark, but the snow had landed on top of the trees Hmm. and was dripping down. And so it was making it all muddy. And I felt like he just said to my heart, that's your life. That's what you have to show for it. You can keep walking that way, but that's all you're going to have. Or you can start walking with me and this is what I'll give you. Well, I hadn't planned it or anything, but the trees had ended right there. And when I turned to my right, the mountain road it was an old logging road, went up through the woods and it was pure white snow. Like no animal had walked on it yet. No one had driven on it. No one. Had... And everything in my heart just exploded. And I said to him, <clears throat> I'm yours. I want to do whatever you want me to do. I, I want to serve you. And I came off of that mountain, a totally different person Wow. than the one I went up the mountain. And and I have friends to this day that, uh, they still are surprised that I'm doing what I'm doing because they remembered the old Brett before I went up the mountain and, and I'm, I'm a totally different person. It was really like a Saul on the road to Damascus type of, uh, yeah. Experience for me, you know, that's so, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one cool part about it. this is in my book I wrote, but my um, the I didn't tell I got home and 
I had decided before I went in there that I wouldn't tell my parents because I was 18. Right before I left, we got in this huge fight. My parents and I got in this huge fight and I, I wasn't going to share. I don't know why I wasn't going to share this with them. I thought, well, I'll just be a secret Christian. And I opened the front door and I burst into tears. I turned into this wallowing baby. I burst into tears and I yelled for my mom and I ran upstairs to my room and she comes up and what's going on? What's going on? Well, I told her what happened and she's crying and I'm crying. And I said, well, don't tell anyone though. I, I want to be the one to tell people. And she says, all right, she promised me. Well, the next morning, I come downstairs to have breakfast and the phone rings and I answer the phone and it's my grandma who used to be a missionary. This woman is a praying warrior, right? And my grandma, this is so impacting to me. She says to me, honey, this is grandma Gans. She says, now I want you to tell me what happened this weekend. And I said, well, what do you mean? What happened this weekend? She says, honey, I didn't sleep all weekend. The Lord had me praying for you the entire weekend. And he told me, he promised me, he was going to do something to change your life this weekend. Now I want you to tell me what he did. And I just start bawling again. I mean, it just started all over. It was just waterworks coming out of my face. And that, that was the beginning. That was the beginning of my life taking a whole different direction than it had, than it had been up to that point. Wow. So, yeah. That's incredible. Well, there's always a story behind a story, right? You see someone and you think, yeah. oh, they've been doing their whole life. My, I was a totally different person back then. And God, God had a different plan for me. And I was running from, him. that was my thing. I was running from him, you know? So. No, I, I think it's, uh, it's fascinating to, to hear it too. Cause you don't, you don't realize, you know, where somebody comes from. And so it's uh, a couple of different things happen with these sort of situations is, is one, like you're saying, uh, people, this should be its own topic sometime, Brennan, we should, we should talk about it, but uh, you know, people judge you by your most recent reference point. And so for you, people look at, you know, comedian Brett, or um, if they want to make fun of you even more, they'll look at you at, as pastor Brett, right? Did you get it? Anyways, um, I'm not as good as Brett there. I just try to do a dad joke or something, you know, like, I got it. <laughs> mock you more as a pastor than a comedian. But anyways, um, but they look at you in, in this, in this spot and then they, uh, don't realize where you came from, don't yeah. realize what God's done in you, and don't realize like you have a past. You you you've had hurt. You've had all these issues because they kind of see where you're currently at. In the same way, as you referenced at the kind of be beginning of your story, there are people that knew you, and they're most like I remember. I'm from Boston originally. I was a class clown. I got kicked out of classes. I got suspended. Uh, I was, I would be like chia boy. I ate a lot of cheese. It's, I was just like a goofball. I would crump, you know what I'm saying? Not, not well, but just to be funny, it looked like I was just having like a jumping seizure, but, but you know, this surprises me, you know, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. But people, people have that reference point. And then when I like went into ministry or started serving God, they, didn't recognize me because, and like, and then you talked about, you know, Saul and Damascus, right? Like in the new Testament, the early church didn't recognize Paul because their most recent reference point was this person that persecuted the early church and, and Christians. Right. So I just, I find it fascinating because a lot of times we have these uh, preconceived notions, these assumptions and even us as Christians can have that too. <clears throat> and the, and the danger of it 
is we don't know where people came from. We don't know, like, <clears throat> you might judge somebody and go, man, what is wrong with them? And you go, dude, you would be, you would be, sh they shouldn't be alive. Mm -hmm. Like, they shouldn't even be here. And how dare you ridicule mm -hmm. these little things that they are slowly trying to work on right. when you have no idea how far they've come? Or yeah. in the, in the, in the same way, you go, you know, and this is something that really ha has to convict and challenge me is how dare we put a box on somebody's life or look at somebody with insignificance because we have no idea how much a, of course, God loves them, but the calling and the purpose that he has created for their life that might be bigger than you. And because you think, oh, well, I'm so much better or I'm not going to waste my time with this person, they actually might make a greater impact in God's kingdom than you ever would. And yeah. you're just, you know, you're putting almost this box in somebody. So I, I just, I know that's a little bit off uh, base, but it just kind of, you know, really makes me think about that when I think about your story and just even some of those things that you said, Brett, where it's just like, man, like, let's be careful that we don't you know, we don't do that. Um, and that we're fully open to the Holy spirit to, to use us, uh, for yeah. others. Well, and you know, something I've really learned over the years and have been chewing on is the idea that God's, you know, like God says to, to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were born. I, I know the plans I have for you. I've, I've created you to be this prophet and so forth. One part of my story that is not in my book. And I, I don't believe I've ever shared it publicly but the night before I left to go elk hunting, I had a very, very vivid dream that I was living up in the mountains. I was a loner. I was depressed. I, you know, I had long hair and I, of course, I actually did. A, I had a mullet at the time. So I, that wasn't too strange. But in my dream, this person came, this friend came up to get me out of the woods. It was almost like an intervention. And they came to get me out of the woods. I said, no, no, I'm not. I can't go back. I can't. And they said, no, no, you need to come back. Anyhow, they talked me into coming back. And the next part in my dream is I'm standing before this large audience on a stage and everybody's laughing. Hmm. Hmm. And then the laughter turns into tears. And some of it's because they're laughing and some of it's because there's some things hitting them. And then I, and then I woke up. Well, what I realized later was that dream was that was a, that was kind of a God dream in my life because yeah. it was like Jesus was that friend. He brought me back. I'm now doing stand up comedy, which was a dream of mine since I was eight years old. And it all is coming full circle now in, in my life. And that's mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons yeah. I never belittle little kids when they tell me what they want to be when they grow up, because I, I feel like there are dreams that God puts in these kids' hearts. Yeah. That that's exactly what they're supposed to be. And I waited, I waited several years before I told even my family that I wanted to do stand up comedy, but that was a dream that God had put in my heart long ago. And now to see things like that happening and go back to, I was ready to take my life. But he, I had a grandma, I had a grandma that wasn't going to, I don't even, you know, at the time it freaked me out that she said this because I didn't know God did that. I didn't know yeah. like he could put the grandma and then do things to <laughs> me, you know, that kind of deal. But 
man, I that's one of my heart's passions is I love to encourage people of all ages, but I love to encourage kids in their dreams yeah. and then hmm. what's in their heart because I know that that God has a plan for them. And a lot of those desires that they get, even as a little kid, that's really God putting that in them, you know? Yeah. No, and I think that's such an incredible part of your story. And just to to even hear that, I think that's such an encouragement, you know, and, and those listening, you know, maybe you're at a point where you're even, you're, you're in a place like Brett where early on, you know, for him, he was at the point of just feeling like it was the end of his rope and he was just done and probably feeling like God had given up on him and he was just done, you know, and God totally turned that around. But that, that's incredible that God would give you that, that dream too. And you started actually pursuing more stand-up comedy within how many of years of recent is it the last like oh, five yeah. six I've years doing, i've been doing 10 years now i started 10 years I started, okay yeah yeah uh, yeah now no, I, just now to clar- guess, yeah. clarify so you said 10 or 11 right yeah but no five of those were when he was actually funny though so like there's you know and that's a really good <laughs> just want to clarify <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, because and this is just to encourage everybody, right? Like, you know, you want to be a dancer, you can probably learn dance faster than it took Brett to be funny. And so, like, <laughs> so I, I get the question though, Brendan, because that's spot on. It's like when you when Brett started making you laugh exactly. five years ago, but when his journey at like comedy, you know, Donald, not everyone can be like you and go from zero to comedy. <laughs> I know to perfection. I, to perfection. That's I, it. If, if, if y'all can relay that to my wife about how amazing I am and how I don't have imperfections, because for whatever reason, um, yeah. it's, hey, it's we'll, we'll make a phone call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of imperfections, uh, would I be correct in saying Matt bailed out because he doesn't have a beard? You know, I know he has the hat. <laughs> But I was looking at all of us right now thinking maybe he was starting to feel left out. And I don't know him the way you do, but maybe you want to reach out to him. Yeah, I'll, I'll message him. I, I, he was, I think he had like, you know, he's saying like Wi-Fi issues, whatever. Honestly, you know, on the scale of our host um, sense of humor, he's just that's not his spiritual gift. So I think he felt a little bit out of place. No, guys, uh, he's just eating Chick-fil-A at the theme park. That's it. Just, yes! <laughs> he's just using the past. Yes. I wish this was a joke. Like, like he really does use it that much. Like this is You know, he's gonna use it so much. You know how they have these these rides where you have to sit in the seat first, and if you're bigger than that seat, you can't go on the ride. They're probably gonna set something up at Chick-fil-A or whatever. Sir, we're gonna ask you to sit in the seat. If your butt is too big. We're gonna ask you not to eat here anymore. Yeah, okay, to, you get you only get three waffle fries today, Matt. Okay, you only get three <laughs> waffle fries and one pickle on that sandwich because it's just we we got to cut you off, but it's like it's like a bartender, right, where they're doing shots or whatever, and they're like, yeah. okay, we got to cut you off. It's like the same thing that's probably happening there. I I have to say, I think he's pretty brilliant though. If he has tapped into that and he doesn't have to make dinner and all that every night, percent. Oh. That's, that's hey, pretty smart stuff. Don't don't hate the play, hate the game. I mean, that's hundred percent. He's working it, man. <laughs> everybody, everybody who's like mad about it is just mad because they either don't have that deal near them, or they just yeah. they're just not as smart as Matt. But um, <laughs> well, I wanted to, I want to make sure too because uh, Brennan had mentioned 
Again, this is probably within the last five years where we talked about the funny years. But uh, just kidding, though. Brett's hilarious. He's been <laughs> funny forever. Um, <clears throat> he knows I'm joking. He, I, I vicariously lived through. So I've always wanted to do like acting and comedy since I was younger or whatever. So when, when Brett started doing comedy, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like that, you know, when I, when I heard about somebody doing that, I definitely. So I kind of vicariously lived through him. So anytime I'm in a conversation with him. <laughs> my humor comes out even more just because it brings me joy. But uh, Brendan had said that uh, just kind of was sharing a little bit before recording it just about kind of your crazy uh, COVID year in 2020 and kind of your job and stuff. So I'd love to hear some stories and just some, some stuff that, that happened. You've, and- you've had some career and job changes and things like that. Haven't you? <laughs> I have, you know, what was funny. So, so I left pastoring, uh, 10 years ago to go on the road full time doing this, the comedy and, and, uh, evangelism. And to, when I first started out, things were kind of rough. I mean, it was a huge transition and, you know, I wasn't getting a lot of work, but by 2020, it was the best year I had for my calendar. I mean, at the end of 2019, my calendar looked, it wasn't like every weekend wasn't full, but it was, it was getting full. Like I was super pumped up about it. I did a comedy tour from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I did a couple shows in Idaho, a show in Spokane, a show, you know, so I kept coming closer to the west side of Washington. It was a great tour. The next week, I'm sitting there having dinner with my family and our governor, Governor Inslee, comes on the TV and he announces that we're shutting everything down because of this COVID thing. That was a Sunday night. By Tuesday, two days later, I lost all my work for the year. So every phone call I got, every text I got, every email, I knew. Every time my phone buzzed, I knew what it was. In fact, because I always try to look on the bright side, I just started laughing because I was either going to laugh or cry every time my phone came up because (laughs) I didn't know how I was going to make it. I I mean, I was frustrated because I had come to this point where I felt God's the one that put this, this dream in my heart and it was going so well. It was finally taking off yeah then i lose everything and my daughter was getting married that year and i you know all this stuff well long story short i had to get a job so i get a job at the largest mortuary in north america it's the not only the largest mortuary it's the largest uh crematory as well so every let's see i would come in there every week i would work from 12 i'd work 12 hour shifts I'd work 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And my official title was removal technician. Now, I didn't have business cards that I handed out or anything, but my <laughs> job, what, what the removal technician did is I removed dead bodies wherever they were. So if they're at their house or a hospital or the uh, medical examiner's office, didn't matter. I removed bodies and I went all over the state of Washington. Our company was um, contracted by most all the funeral homes in Washington. So I spent 14 months removing bodies every night. And I I removed well over 400 bodies and was dealing with death constantly. The owner of the company knew I did comedy and he knew that I also had a show called Die Laughing, which which has always been in a funeral like setting with a casket. I have my own casket at home here and I, I use the casket. I have flowers <laughs> and it's, 
it's the show where I I tell jokes of life, death, and afterlife for about an hour, and then I I end the show with a small little uh, presentation of how you can die laughing if you know Jesus, and then I end it with a joke, and the show's over. Which, by the way, guys, I've done that show twice in a funeral home here in Washington on Halloween. And it really went well. I mean, the place was, and I just got back from Wisconsin. I just did this, that show at a funeral home in Wisconsin and we packed the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had people tell me they came because they never heard of a funeral or a, a comedy show in a funeral home. So it was a, you know, <laughs> a, real, a real drop. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It, awesome. it was a lot of fun. So my, the owner of this company, he comes to me and he goes, Hey, he'd say to me every once in a while, Hey, you getting some good material for your show? You know, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting some good stuff. And then he would say, well, just remember, you can't use names or addresses, but you can use anything else you want. And I said, all right, that sounds good. And so I just collected, I would write down stories. I have some really, really gross stories. I have some unusual stories. I have some sad stories, but God did use, he used the experience to give me a lot of material. I mean, this show I just did a couple of <laughs> weeks ago, I got a lot of fresh material there. But in all of that, there was one night, this is probably what Brennan might've been referenced. I think I shared this at uh, Christian Hills Church. One night I got angry at God because I was 50 years old. I felt like I lost my my vision died right in front of me. Like I had this vision to do comedy and it just died in front of me. I was making less money than I've ever made in my entire adult career. My kids were both making more money than me. All of my nephews and nieces were making more money than me. And as a 50 year old, it living in America, we feel like we have, uh, we're, we're supposed to be at a certain spot in our age right like like oh by 50 i'm gonna be close to retirement and i'll should be at the height of my career and well i went from having a good career pastoring a good career as an evangelist a good career as a comedian to picking up dead people in this one (laughs) night i got so angry at god I, i i was i was frustrated because i had to take bodies to this one funeral home and and Every funeral home had their own rules and things you had to do. And this one that I had to go to, so it was two o'clock in the morning. I had to go downstairs in their morgue, in their little basement there. There's other bodies laying in the room. And they had this checkoff list of what you had to do when you drop a body off there. And so what you had to do is we had to put the body on a, a particular table. We had to put a block behind its neck to keep its head supported. We had to open up the body bag. So it was open all the way down to its its uh, navel to keep it open like that. Then I had to take a jar of the stuff called um, Kalen cream. And I had to take a paintbrush and I had to paint their face with Kalen cream. And what this Kalen cream does is it is it makes their skin softer. So when the mortician comes in the next day, he can work with their face easier. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I blow up I like I'm at this funeral home by myself at two o'clock in the morning and I get so angry. I'm Bob Ross in this face. I've got happy cloud <laughs> for eyebrows. I'm, you know, I'm doing all this. And I just say to God, 
are you kidding me? And I just, I get angry. It's the middle of that. And I'm like, is this all I'm worth to you? Really? Not only am I making less money than I've ever made in my entire life, I am now painting dead people. This is, this is the only thing I have to offer is to paint the face of dead people. And I was so mad. I was like, what are you doing to me? What did I do? And I'm trying to recount every sin I ever did in the last 50 years that would lead to this, right? <laughs> I'm like, man. So I remember getting in my van when I was done. I go back to the uh, the morgue and because I, I had to drop off another body at our morgue. And I get out and I open our our one of our cooler doors. We had three coolers and each cooler held about 200 bodies. So we had about 600 bodies in there at any given time. I open this this cooler door and I see just nothing but bodies as far as the eye can see. And right then it was like God just smacked me across the face with this epiphany. And it was he brought Romans 4 to my mind where Paul is recounting Abraham's um, life. And, and basically he says, I'm just referencing it, but he says, um, I'm the God who raises the dead and I am the one who calls things that are not as though they are. And I'm standing there staring at this cooler with this, it's this overwhelming sense of, I get it. Now I know why I'm here. I'm here to discover the power of the resurrection of the dead. Mm. Because I look in this room and I say, it's done. It's over. These bodies can't do anything. And God can look at that room and say, I can raise any one of them I want right now. You know? And so for me, it was this life-changing, impactful message that I knew at that moment what he was trying to teach me through all this one of the lessons was the resurrection has always got to be in my sight it's always got to be the backdrop of everything i do it's all it doesn't matter if i'm doing comedy or i'm pastoring or i'm picking up dead people if we forget the resurrection we forgot everything that the bible's about and so it was really impacting so from that time on i had a whole different perspective while working there you know uh I mean, I still had fun. You know, I, I joke about, uh, you know, I thought about getting involved in some weightlifting competitions because I got really good at the deadlift, you know, and all these different things. You know? <laughs> and and the, the owner the owner of the company was telling me that his wife is a nurse at one of the big hospitals in Seattle. And he says, yeah, whenever I'm at parties, he says, I, my wife hates it when I say this, but he says, we'll meet other couples. And the couple will go, oh, you know, what do you guys do? And my friend will say, well, I own a, a mortuary and and my wife's a, a nurse. And then he says, so basically what that means is at the end of the day, one of us had a good day at work. And <laughs> you know, his wife's always like, I hate it when you say that. He's like, well, it's true. Either you revived him or I put him away in a cooler, you know. It's, but there, there were... You know, I had some funny experiences out there with bodies and all that, but the the impact I walked away with after 14 months, because I, I couldn't understand it. I didn't know why God was doing this to me, but that meltdown that I had took me to a new understanding of the resurrection. And from that time on, I've, I've, I've just seen, and it wasn't just the resurrection of the bodies. Like it wasn't just 
Jesus' resurrection, and it wasn't the fact that we will one day be resurrected. There was the vision I had can be resurrected. Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. I felt like the Lord was telling me, you feel like your vision has died in front of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm the God who calls things that are not as though they are. And if I can raise Lazarus from the dead, and I can raise Jesus from the dead, I can, who are you to say that your vision's dead? I can raise your vision from the dead. So yeah. it was it, it was very, very impacting for me. I didn't enjoy the job. I didn't enjoy what I was doing, but I did enjoy the people, uh, not the dead ones, the live ones. Say, <laughs> okay, yeah, I, okay, yeah. But it's it an was- interesting way to look at it. It, it. it was fun though. There was a time that I had just picked up a body and I was really, really hungry. And I went through this drive-through late at night and uh, I get up there and the gal goes, uh, you know, and I'm in this van. You can tell there's a body in the back. And the gal goes, anything else for you? I said, uh, Karen, you want anything? Are you hungry? And it's just <laughs> fun to to just see people's reactions. They don't know how to, they don't know what they to do. To react. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. No, and I, th- I mean, I think it's good too, because even though, I mean, like it's always like glass half full, right? And so like for you, you know, there was probably some hit and miss shows, but like you were you know, you were able to do jokes and comedy and not hear any booze for, for many months. You know what I'm saying? Because they were just, they were just, it was just a good crowd for you. So it was good practice, but no, I, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I killed man. I killed. You killed it, man. Dead silence, man. Yeah. They were just, you dropped them dead, man. They just, they just, I mean, we can, we can pun it the rest of the podcast and just like, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, oh man. But I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this one story. I show up to this house, and it wasn't even a house; it was a mobile home park. But the where the guy lived that died was a little camper, just a little tiny like hunting camper. And his son, the guy that died, is like eighty-five. The son out on the porch, he's like sixty. And I get there, and the son's distraught, and he's, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to be, you know comforting and the son goes yeah he's in there he's in the back of the camper there and he says oh before you go in i should probably tell you we've had a slight infestation of ants you know in the camper and i'm like oh okay so i go in there this guy is so covered in ants like he's he's naked and let's just say ants are making their home and he was so covered in ants that i thought he had hair but he was bald and there were ants covering his head so much and i'm oh like now i'm there saying to my co-worker slight infestation what is that latin for incredibly terrible infestation of ants so as we're wrapping this body ants are coming up my clothes uh... Going oh my goodness! Side. Wow! <laughs> up. We the camper was so small we couldn't get the cotton there, so we had to drag him in the body bag through the camper. Answer everywhere. I get in my van. I'm heading back. My coworker, my coworker calls me later, screaming. She says I was driving. I was driving to the next call, and she said. I thought I had like a piece of bread or something like left on my lip because she says I went like this and I be, 
She goes, it was an ant. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know, it's one thing. Like, it would make me laugh if she ate an ant. But it really makes me laugh knowing where this ant's been. And she was, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was, oh my she goodness. was absolutely disgusting. So you might want to edit this out. I don't know. But it, what, that's kind of what I dealt with on a regular basis is you would walk in. You had no idea what you're walking in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, wow. Sometimes it was very, it, I had a lot of hoarder homes. I had a lot of, it was, there was a lot of stuff you had to deal with. And so it was not yeah. a fun job. But it really taught me, again, God can take a vision that seems dead and, and turn it around. And, and it was also a test to me. If, I, if my call in life is to help people laugh, no matter what they're going through. Yeah, no matter what the I'm stage is. Able, yeah, and I'm not able to laugh because I'm doing a job I don't want to do. What's yeah. that say? No, true. My mm. message has to be in wow. me first because it, before it can be in anyone else. And so that was another thing for me is like, I can't, I can't stand on a stage and say to people they should be laughing through their trials. If I can't even laugh through a job I don't like, mm. I mean, that's, you know. No, so. it's, yeah. it's true. It, it, what a testament to like, you know, uh, sometimes there's things and in, in seasons in our life or things we experience where, you know, sometimes God will allow that where, where things need to die off maybe in our life, whether it's a mentality or an attitude or just uh, our surrounding situation. And so many people have experienced that the last couple of years. But, you know, what a what an encouragement, I think, to people to to say, hey, what are those things that maybe happened or are different or are, are now dead in your life? But what is God reviving out of that? What is he resurrecting out of that? What is he, you know, bringing back maybe those dreams that he's put in people's lives that you've put on the shelf for years and God never told you to put it down, you know? Right. And so it's like right. getting back to that place where it's like, what, what do you truly, uh, what has God truly called you to do? And like you just said, you know, what, what's, who are you really doing it for? You know, and that's so important just to keep in perspective. And I think that's just such a good encouragement, I think, is to remember, you know, not only what are you doing, but but what are some things that maybe God is taking and saying, hey, this needs to die off in your life so that I can bring something new, you know, and that's just incredible. Yeah, and I that that's a great point. Thank you. I, I know that for me, too, is I was hoping my kids who are they're both adults and so forth, but. I was hoping that they would see sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to pay bills. Right. I mean, we tell people all the time, you know, have vision. What's God calling you to do? But we know the, the three of us know yeah. sometimes there's some stepping stones to get to where you really want to be. For sure. And there are times you're just going to have to do things to pay the bills and not just sit at home and, and sit on your hands. And then there's other times. I, I kind of experienced both of these in that I, I did something I didn't want to do to pay the bills, but I also was being obedient to God because God, I knew, and that's a whole nother story, but I just knew I was supposed to do this. And that's why I, I was starting to take it personal at the basement of that one funeral home. Like, why, <laughs> what did I do yeah. that? This is what you, this is what you want from me. Yeah. This is crazy. Mm. And by the way, let me just tell you this. God provides so much. I made less than I've ever made at the, and then at the end of that year, I paid for a wedding. I never missed a bill and I had more in my savings than I'd had in like six years. Wow. Wow. I'm just faithful. <laughs> I mean, he was, yeah. he was so faithful, Yeah, you know, so. 
No, I, and I think, um, you know, as, as we kind of wrap up, wrap up the, the podcast today, it, it reminds me too, and not to say, you know, I think my story is a little bit different than you, but I also find it fascinating where, um, sometimes where we, uh, can even where, where something could feel like it, it died, right? Like where your your kind of your comedy career kind of took a little bit of break because of of COVID, like your opportunities. And so, um, in a lot of ways, you know, even for like for me, like so, I stepped out of ministry because I wasn't in the right spot. I wasn't in the right spot with Jesus, and and my relationship with God was really secondary to my my talents, my gifts me doing the work uh, of the Lord rather than spending time with the Lord of the work. And, and so for me personally, um, I was building something that God wasn't, wasn't building. Right. And so like, so when that got taken away, I thought, well, like I'm probably never going to preach again. I'm probably never, you know, going to be at any capacity of ministry, let alone like this podcast or anything like that. And it just, it just showed like, Hey, as when God's behind it, um, you know, he can resurrect a vision. He can, he's going to be the one that fully does that. And so like, even for you, I, I bet, you know, there was probably some challenges because you have been doing it for so many years and you had been building it with God, but still building it. And then that, a lot of that stuff with gigs and comedy and churches and all those things and different clubs and all that, you build that clientele, you repeat all that stuff. And if it's gone, it's like, is it a reset? Will I ever get that back? Yeah. Yes. And, and, and God, right, with resurrection power can, I mean, the amazing thing about the favor and the grace of, of, of God is that he can bring it back like it was never gone. He can bring it back better than we could ever fabricate, right, or, or push ourselves. And, uh -huh. and that really is something that just kind of stuck out to me is, you know, that was a little similarity in my story where I'm like, okay, I was in a totally bad spot. And, and I was just like, well, I don't think this is ever going to happen. God's like, no, like my, my calling and the dreams and vision I gave for you, um, initially is still valid. I, we just needed to reset some things, but I, I could, you know, being in your shoes, think about like losing that and going like, it took me years to build this up. And now it's like, where is it at now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, and you know, by the way, I've served with both of you guys, and both of you guys have the hand of God on your life, and you both have so much to offer. And so, I hope that you uh, will just be encouraged by that. Whatever you're doing, whether it's podcasts or pastoring or serving in any way, you just be who you are. You know, that was. I I know you were wrapping up, but I got to say, I did a I did a an event uh, at a church. Uh, a few years ago where I preached on a Sunday morning, all of their services, three services. And as far as I know, no one gave their hearts to the Lord. As far as I know, I come back that Tuesday night and do a comedy show for their community and seven people come to Christ. Hmm. Well, wow. you know, one of my favorite stories is in uh, the old Testament where God's telling Moses to build the tabernacle. And he says, I have anointed these guys as craftsmen to build this. My spirit is on them to build this. And the powerful thing with that is the same spirit that was on Moses to lead was on these guys to do craft work for the tabernacle. So I feel like hmm. you, 
you just got to be who you are in Christ and let Christ use you, whether you're a plumber or a preacher or whatever you are, you just yeah. make that Lord. And that's where that anointing flows. And, you know, it'd be good. 100%. So good. 100%. Yeah, the, the title, the stage, right, is 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 really not, uh, you know, God's concern. It's really just somebody who is open and available and sensitive to the Holy Spirit and is mm-hmm. saying, like, God, here am I, you know, use me, and God will. And I think that's an encouragement for, for everybody, right, um, yeah. is you don't have to be the most talented. I mean, look, I mean, the perfect example is Brett right now, you know, like— <laughs> You like no matter what. I mean, if God can use a donkey, if God can use Brett Hollis, the Lord can use you. Oh man! Not on, how come you're not opening for me, or how come I'm not opening for you? Dude, one day I've actually thought about it when I was still at Christian. Hey, Christ, hey, I look actually at that! Thought about doing like an opening for you or something just to like try, and I don't even know if I'd even have material, but just to oh. try it, just oh, to try it one time. Right. Here's what we do. You open, Brennan will film, and we'll have a big old party. That sounds there good. There you go. That sounds good. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, hey, um, this was this was awesome. We'll definitely uh, love to have you on again, Brett, um, if, if that would be something you'd be open to. And, oh, yeah. Um, and we just want to thank you uh, for listening. If you guys want to follow more, uh, Brett, look him up, Brett Hollis. Most of his pictures, he's smiling or in camo. So, um, just so you know, he might be hidden if you get what I'm saying, but, uh, his website is the Brett Um, and, uh, Brett, thanks again for joining us. Um, we appreciate your time, man. Thank you guys. This is a real honor. Thank you. So well, all of our listeners, uh, once again, we are on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, leave a, a positive review, um, on uh, on Apple and Spotify, and we will see you guys next week. Only positive, yeah, positive. Right. I mean, I know Brett's on, so if we have some honest ones as well today, that's okay. So, <laughs> that's right. all right, thank you guys. <laughs> Bye. Thanks.